Thank you for joining us for live paranormal radio. From the paranormal to the unexplained, it all happens here. It all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in our live video chat 24-7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people. Live. Paranormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by Full Interaction Media. Stop by now and join the fun. Stop by now and join the fun. It's Haunted Playground right here on the Live Paranormal Radio Network. You can find us at LiveParanormal.com. Also at hauntedplayground.com and, of course, all of our affiliates, including iHeartRadio.com, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podomatic, Player FM, Blog Talk Radio, and the list goes on and on and on and on for you. Um, I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 28-year talk radio host here in Los Angeles and a performing artist. And I come to you live from my home in Southern California every Wednesday at 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock Pacific time. This show is um, about everything in the spiritual and paranormal realm. Anything that you can imagine or put your eyes or ears on, if it happens outside of the box, then it belongs here on Haunted Playground. Whether it's ghosts or life after death or you think there's a Loch Ness Monster in your above ground swimming pool, It belongs right here on the Haunted Playground Show. And every week on the show, I gather beautiful people, wonderful people that I believe are um, some of the brightest and most beautiful minds in the artistic community, the spiritual community, the paranormal community, and more. Um, My guest today is no stranger to my shows, but I think believe she's making her debut on this show for the very first time. She's a wonderfully talented actress who can be seen in many things, including the brand new installment in the Halloween anthology, Halloween Ends, um, where she is a bit of the true embodiment of evil. Please welcome to the show the wonderful Joanne Barron is here. How are you, my friend? It's wonderful to have you here. Oh, you're so sweet. I love you said I'm the embodiment of evil. That is great. She's kind of I love the embodiment it. of evil, right? I mean, she's kind of awful. And it's so funny because I started watching the film, uh. and you know you look very you look very different in the film. First of all, I'm a, I'm a horror film and supernatural film uh, lover, so that I, I'll just say that off the bat. So um, I started watching the film, and um, I and you because they had kind of had you, they kind of they kind of uglied you up a bit, right? They wanted you to look harsh and mean, and I kept thinking, yep. God, this mean lady is. I swear, I know this mean lady. She just ah. somebody I know. And right about the time when you had the first scene with Jamie Lee Curtis, I was thought to myself. Is that Joanne? And then so I actually <laughs> stayed to watch the credits. And I was like, oh, my God, yes. So what, what a fun film. What a wonderful installment in the series. And um, how much fun was that? You know, you said so many interesting things. I'm tempted to send you, and maybe you have some of these things, but there's a picture of me on the red carpet and I said hello to Jamie Lee, and she said, oh, no, only the actors can be on the carpet. She wasn't like, she didn't, <laughs> she didn't say hello to me because I looked so bizarrely different. And I'm sending you this yeah. picture just for the fun of it because I think you would get a kick out of it. But anyway, the, um, the, the, the deal is that I had a part. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know that it was this movie. They don't tell you the names of things. That's a big deal. They don't want to have you know that this secret name they're giving you uh, is the name, you know, of Halloween ends. They don't want anybody to know anything, especially if they haven't cast you. And so I did not know what I was doing. And when I did the part, the part had soft and gentle moments that were uh, the mother says that she won't give the boy a dessert, and they didn't include scenes like her going upstairs with the dessert, quietly tiptoeing in with a kind of, you know, apologetic makeup of it. There were there were many soft things. There were many scenes that were that were done soft, tender, 
vulnerable ways, not just the one sort of shrewish. And then there was a lot of very funny stuff, like just outline. She was being sexy with her husband in the most hysterical way imaginable. Just, you know, being sexual about how she's folding his underwear. And then she had a death scene, a fight scene, that was so incredible that if you look at all of the press, it's me in the press with a pillow, it's me in the press with a knife. It's it's so many multifaceted layers. And this brilliant David Gordon Green genius, just genre-loving, multi-genre-loving director, writer, producer, from Righteous Gemstones to Pineapple Express to horror films to intimate art films like George Washington, everything that he's done in his brilliant innovativeness and his iconoclastic doing what, the way he wants, he decided to cut all of the things in my role that made it soft, funny, vulnerable, and even the kill, which was like the wildest kill. And he made it into this force of evil. And then one of the reviews said, that when Michael Myers wasn't on, Joanne Barron took his place. <laughs> right? Well, right? Yeah. I, I, so he made it the first not only ugly in the physicality, and I just sent you a text message of my actual face in, on the carpet, not because your viewers can see it, okay. but you can respond when you look at it because you will respond as an expressive creative when you look at that compared to what I looked at in the movie. And when I looked the way I looked in the movie, I thought, oh, my God, did they intentionally make me look as ugly as possible? And maybe the answer is yes. Well, I, most, I most definitely think the answer is yes. I think the answer is yes because they were trying to show people that maybe are not expressive creative um, that ugly on the outside is uh, oftentimes a reflection of ugly on the inside, which is right. true. You know, have you looked and at he wanted it to be, dark, you know, good and evil. And he wanted the justification yes. for the story, which is a spoiler, I guess, to say. But my son's life and his art, it it was a it was a spoil, you know. And he may include certain things in the, uh, you know, director's extended stuff that he sends out. I I think right, he used sure, the word director's sure. cut. So I don't want to say it. Yes. But there is the most incredible thing I say at the end of my death scene that is so incredibly vulnerable and heartfelt and sad. And because the whole thing was cut out, you don't get that moment. But that moment is particularly powerful because what happens to my son and where this goes. And really, in the end, who, who kills me? Because you can't tell who's killing me. You cannot. Right. Right. So it's just a but very. But I think that's all wonderful. That it's wonderful, but so it also makes people not you. know the monthly dimension. That that is true. That is very true. But I think with horror, a lot of times, you have to leave things up to the imagination because then the fans go on their sites and come to the conventions and go wild. And speaking of that, you now know that the rest of your life, you can go to horror conventions. With I had character. no idea. And people Someone will line up that. to sign autographs. Seriously, it's a it's a side hustle like nothing you've ever imagined. So you know, picking someone out your Lamborghini. said that to me. And here's two uh-huh. other wild Forever. things. I did not know until I read a review, bad girl looking at reviews because good ones, bad ones, you cry, you, you, you applaud. So oh, yeah, good not I to think you should reviews. always look. But I, I took a peek. And all of a sudden it said Joanne Barron in her second John Carpenter film. And I was like, how could it be a second John Carp- Carpenter film? I, I never did a film. I was in the eyes of Lauren Mars. He wrote that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was with Faye Dunaway. Way above its time. Before anybody talked about psychics, right? Being a psychic, I'll now, I'll now say this. Before people really knew what a psychic was past a gypsy lady in a tent, um, stereotypical gypsy, not a Roma person. Um, right, right, you know, right. The stereotype of the lady in the tent and the stars and moons moo moo. Yes. Um, nobody knew that somebody could have gifts beyond that in the 70s. Isla Mars was the end of the 70s, right? Um, yep. That film was so insightful. And, um, and, and I did not realize the, that he wrote that. Uh-huh. 
because I, you know, yeah, it was when I was how many millions of years ago, and I wasn't really thinking of that. It was just very fascinating. It was just very fascinating that some of the reviews, even the, the reviews that said toxic mothers, Jamie Lee Curtis and Joanne Barron, portraying the real experience that could create like monsters. And they're saying that because I guess they felt like Jamie's character, due to the terrors and horrors of her life, got too overwhelming to her granddaughter in this movie. Right, so and, it's and kind to her of daughter interesting. if you watched the earlier ones. Yes, and to her daughter if you watched the earlier ones. Absolutely. Um, but, that, but that happens, right? And that is a real-life thing, and we now are learning that oftentimes things that are done to kids as children um, can affect how they grow up in many, many ways. That's the interesting thing about horror is that horror is supposed to be about monsters and killers and demons, but the truth is when you break it down, it's usually about human psychology. I mean, if you read a Stephen King book, it's chock full of, um, it's like a, a master class in psychology. And I think that's the beautiful thing about horror is that you draw people in with the, the spooks and the scares, but the truth is what it really is is it's forcing humanity to take a stark look at itself, right? And that's one of the things I love the most about it. I thought Jamie Lee really, you know, was explaining what horror movies do to help you uh, deal with your fears and your pains and giving up control. Absolutely, yes, she was, that too, yeah. She was explaining it on a very deep level, and I was thinking, I never thought so deeply about this. I never, I never mm-hmm. understood this this way. I never... You know, and I was and I was surprised, even though I was playing the role and I put tremendous amounts of work into it, and you know, total passion for working with this genius, David Gord Green, and total fun with the actors who were so fabulous, and I just never thought deeply enough or clearly enough about these elements before, and even though I've been in horror films before, I was in a movie called I Murders with the Tony Todd, uh, mm. you know, who's like, I guess, a horror icon. I played a sweet yeah. little neighbor mm-hmm. that turns out to be the surprise, surprise, spoiler killer. And I felt like, <laughs> it's become, you know, it's a little lady. A with you, my friend. <laughs> well, this was from a long time ago. And even right, when right. I got the sides, I did not think it was a horror film. It was from Jason Blum, the great, you know, producer oh, of yeah. so many things, but he does Everything. more than horror. So I did, you know, I've yeah, seen he I, what he, he did that wonderful series with Renee Zelliger. So, I mean, I, I've i seen a lot of things that are not just horror, even though that is a particular amazing, you know, uh, brilliant specialty of his. But I, I just feel like I had so many experiences and revelations just from start to finish, you know, the audition process, working with Jamie Lee, one of the most extraordinary things was the first scene I did when I arrived at the movie set. Um, the very first scene I did was with Jamie. I didn't know it was the last scene she was shooting ever in the trilogy. Oh. And when we got out oh, on wow. the – yeah, I had no idea. And when we got out on the veranda, there were hundreds and hundreds of people with cameras, with videos – with shouting, like reporter-type people. And I said to David Gordon Green, is it her birthday? And he said, yes, it's her birthday. And I'm like, Jamie, happy birthday. And then she starts talking, and she goes, well, it's the end of an error, and this is my last scene. And then I realized it was my first scene on the shoot, and it was her last scene she'd ever shoot. And that's course, the scene that you saw with Jamie that was just a piece of it. And again, right. David Gordon Green would say, do it quiet, do it sad, do it angry, try it this way. Great. So, like, Great. I didn't know when I was going there that the, the snippet he was going to take from it was sort of this, you know, assaultive kind of thing. So it was just very interesting. Yeah. It, the whole process, it's, it's really wild to me. It, it is. It's fascinating, and I think that's that's across the board with films. But I also think, like I said, with horror, it's 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 designed to button push emotions and evoke emotions, right? So 
Um, When they get all the scenes shot, they go back and look at them and they think, okay, what's going to make people scream? What's going to make them sad? What's going to make them angry? Um, you, You know, I worked in movie theaters from the time I was 16 until the time I was 24. And I worked for a, a theater chain in, in Orange County where I grew up. And um, you learned, because I love horror and I saw everything, you learn about the in-theater laugh, right? Now it's different because we're not in theaters anymore, so they've had to design it a little different. But when you're in a, a, a theater with all these people and everybody's terrified, they have to find places to throw laughs in. Because if there aren't little tiny snips of funny, then people overload on the horror and it becomes less potent, or they get used to it, and it becomes less potent. So every horror film has these little funny zingers that, that come in for people to all laugh in the theater together and have that shared experience because, you know, you're in a theater with all these people and, and they're, all, um, they're all terrified. Now, people are still going to theaters, obviously, but now so many people stream at home, like this film, streaming right away, right? So we, they have to find ways, I think, to gear it even a little different towards somebody maybe sitting at home with some friends or maybe sitting at home alone watching it to kind of relieve the pressure, right? It's like tiny earthquakes. It relieves the pressure so the big one doesn't come. Because if horror becomes too horrifying, people stop going. So you have to find a way to scare people just enough, but not so much, right? I really, you know, thought because of the script, being so multidimensional, and because the way he would try it so many different ways, and because there were so many funny things that I did, just outright funny, I really thought not of it in this conscious way of what would it end up to be. It's a horror film. There are certain elements in horror. You know, stay open to what the possibility might be, that this might not be. You know, he's going to pick and choose what makes the impression. I didn't have a concept of that. And when I went to the screening, I was a little bit, um, you know, sitting there thinking how much of me is in it and what of me is in it. And I, I was just completely even watching it. The first time you see yourself in something this, you know, major, you're sort of sitting there and you're not, really fully maybe following it uh, so clearly it wasn't till the next morning that I woke up and I went wait a minute he compared me ironically to a woman I starred in a movie with Piper Laurie she played my mother in a beautiful in a beautiful film called St. Patrick's Day and actually the director of that and the writer of that is right has written and directed my independent feature film uh, about my life story that we're putting together to shoot. Um, but he compared it, the reviewer, to Piper Laurie in Carrie saying the iconic horror mother. And, uh, of course, to be compared Absolutely. to the, I, I was like, I thought the what? same thing. I was like, what yeah. is he talking Isn't about? That great. And I'll tell you something, and, and this is just advice from, you know, Actor to actor, you should read every review you get your hands on. Because when you go to horror conventions, and I know you will, um, they're going to ask you about all this stuff. What did you think about being compared to Piper Laurie and Carrie? Because these people, this is their life, right? They soak it up and they love it. And they are the nicest, most wonderful people. And it will be such a beautiful experience for you. And, and it will lead to other work because people will love you in this. And somebody else who's doing something it's will think of you. you. I mean, it's, it's – what? Well, I definitely think that people were uh, – I read, a, I read an, an interview by the guy who played my son, Rowan Campbell, who I can't mm. even say enough about. Wonderful. What a incredibly, wonderful. What an incredibly lovely, fabulous, just terrific. And the guy who played my husband, like all these people are just like – incredible people that I just loved. There was a, another producer that was like on the set that I just fell in love with. But Rowan said that when he got the part, David Gordon Green said to him, now some people and maybe many people are going to not like you because you're doing something that wasn't introduced before in this classic uh, character 
uh, portrayal of this iconic, you know, legendary, you know, decades-long story. And people may not all be like, yeah, he switched it up at the last minute. And he said, so you got to prepare yourself. And I thought that was very true because, yes, people would say, I can't believe it, there wasn't enough Michael Myers. And then other reviews would say, how fantastic that you brought something deep and fresh and new and psychological into the whole storyline that made it more intimate. That's how people felt. And sets it up for ten more sequels, which I know everyone says there isn't going to be, but I've heard that before. Um, Really? Right. I think it was wonderful because it was something new. And like I was saying earlier, I don't know if I actually said it because we got off on something else, but so reminiscent of the first Friday the 13th film, right, where the whole time you think it's Jason, even though you don't know who Jason is yet, but actually it's the mom, the angry, crazy mom in the first one. Oh, really right. Because the film's like over right. 40 years old, but, so it's not really a spoiler alert. But that right. lady, that sweet lady, and I can't remember, Betsy something, I can't remember her last name, her career got totally revamped because of a horror convention. So a very dear friend of mine is Adrian King, who was the, uh, the girl that survived the first Friday the 13th movie, the star of the first one. And um, she, you know, did her thing and in New York, and then she came here, she worked, and she did voiceovers and produced, and eventually she and her husband moved to uh, the Pacific Northwest, which is a place that looks a lot like Camp Crystal Lake. And somebody asked her, to go to a horror convention, and she did my uh, my last show um, on the last place I was before before I hurt um, when it first started in 2009 because I had known her before. And somebody said, "Come to a horror convention." She was like, "You got to be crazy! Nobody cares about me." So, however many 30 years later, right? She gets there, and there's lines out the door for all. Oh my for gosh! Then they started. Oh, that is intense because she. She had paintings that she had done because she'd always been a fine artist and photographs she had taken on the set. And this film for her, you know, that was Kevin Bacon's first film. They were all kids. They had a great time together. It was like, really was like a summer camp for all the actors. So she had kept a journal and taken photos. People started asking for copies and buying her paintings. Now she has a whole line of Crystal Lake wines. She has an entire wine line based on that movie. And she's oh become, uh, she has her own winery. So there's the possibilities because horror fans love. Now, there have been, what, 15, Friday the 13th movies since then, but nobody's forgotten about her. And that's the thing that's so cool. Nobody will ever forget this character that you played, even if there's never another Halloween or there are 27 more, because they remember everybody from every film. And um, and when you get a chance, you should go out and feel that love because there's nothing more beautiful as a performer, right, than to really one-on-one get the love of fans. Well, because it's why as we're all here. An artist, which you are, and I am. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things that you want is to be able to keep working and do different things and have a mm-hmm. uh, an experience. Mm-hmm. So one of the nicest things was hearing somebody say to me when I was leaving the uh, little soiree after the premiere, oh, we're going to be looking for parts for you. And, you know, whether that happens or not, you know, it's every actor would like to have a job, which is why I think people, not just financially but creatively, you know, go on soap operas and other means of continuing employment that keeps them engaged in what they love to do. Absolutely. Absolutely true. And also, um, like I said, and then there's the love of the fans, right? I mean, isn't one of the most beautiful things about doing a play afterwards when you meet the people who came? Yeah. And some of them are so moved by the performance. So to sit in a booth for three days and have hundreds and hundreds of people come and want you to sign autographs and sign pictures and take photos and basically tell you, oh, my God, this mom reminded me of my mom, or this mom made me appreciate my mom because I had a friend's mom who was like this, or, you know what I mean? You have just become the stepmother to everybody who ever knew a troubled mother, as I think Piper Laurie was, but because there really weren't conventions then, she didn't really know about that amount of love that people had for her in that film. 
Well, she's apparently a legend. That that mother is a legend. I, you know, that she that that that, that the way that Terry was molded and shaped is, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like Lauren the Glass Menagerie. There's this mother exactly. who's just controlling and overbearing and. But there were things that, you know, I, I like to think of myself as having some intelligence, you know, and yet when things were written in reviews, they were very thought-provoking to me when one yeah. of the reviews said that I possessed the paranoia and anxiety that represented the reaction to Michael Myers in the town of Haddonfield, that I was sort of representing mm. what had happened to people that they were no longer, you know, they were living in the shadow yes. of dread. And yes. I was like, and wasn't there even a, well, that's deep. Yeah. Wasn't there a, wasn't there a voiceover in the beginning of the film that says something like, yes, she said, the yes, town right. changed and the people changed. You're right. Um, that I thought that's exactly yes. who you were. I thought that was, a, and also the way that the character of, of your son was treated for something he didn't even do. Yes. Because people were always looking for the next Michael Myers. They were always yes. looking. And yes. then what happened, right? It's self-fulfilling prophecy. And from an energetic standpoint, because you know I always get spiritual and you're very good about always putting up with that. Um, you oh, no, I don't have to right? put up with you, it. We all need it. <laughs> yes. We, we all desperately things, need right? it. We, we manifest what we want, what we, what we say. It's why, yep. you know, people will tell you, don't say over and over again, I'm never going to work again, the phones never ring, my agent's never going to book me, because you're basically telling universe, I'm never going to work again, the phone's never going to ring, and my agent's never going to book me. It's the and the universe thing. is going to say, you, you know say, what, you're right. Yes, right. So if, you, if, you, if, a, if thousands of people are saying there's going to be another killer, Michael Myers is going to come back, and then what happens? You know, so I, right. I thought that was there was so much good psychology and good spirituality in that film. Good you would get a big kick out of this guy. You would get a big kick out of this guy. His name is Paul Brad Logan. He is the screenwriter with David Gordon Green and Danny McBride, these geniuses. Okay. And he wrote a book that came out a week ago that is a novel about these characters and their psychology. And he is largely wow. the reason of the mother's character. Like the first day I was oh, on wow. set, I was told this character, it emanates largely from his writing and his experiences and his, his everything. Yeah. Paul Brad Logan, and he has on Insta, you know, under Hollywood, Halloween, or his own name, Titan Books, released a book that is all about these characters psychologically and it's a little novelette. Wow. Fantastic. And it's really Yeah. I know. I mean And, and how wonderful that your character is represented in that too. I mean this is just such a beautiful thing for you for your career. I can't I can't even tell you. I mean this is just Well I love I, you saying that just, and from your mouth to God's oh, ears, my next project is yes. around the block. That's what I hope for. Yeah, honey, something fun, your next something great. Of, yes, your next handful of projects is around the block. Um, well, and you're, you, you're verbalizing you are now positivity. Icon. Absolutely, you're so uh, honey, awesome. I just, and, and also just plain facts, you know. I'm a, I'm a Connecticut girl. I like the truth. Um, I'm from New Haven, Connecticut. That's where I was world. born. I was, I was born, born in New Haven, Connecticut. So where were you born? New Haven? Uh, at Yale. Yeah, Grace oh, New Haven. My yeah, grandfather across the street from Yale was at Taylor Shop. Wow. His name was Nat yeah, that's Barron. Was Nat Barron. Wow. Wow. How cool is that? Yes, that's where I was born. See, wow. Isn't that strange? Yep. So you I lived on Bellevue that, Avenue. Uh, wow. We lived in Orange, but I was born in New Haven. Wow. Because that's where the doctor was. Isn't that wow. isn't that uh, isn't that interesting? Well, so you understand Northeast sensibility. So I don't I don't totally. like, you know blow smoke. I I tell the truth, and I'm I'm so happy for you, and so happy also now talking to you, honey, with how you have embraced the fun of being part of this film and embraced 
all the different things people are saying about the characters and the character, all the characters, but yours specifically, and enjoying that because that's kind of the, you have to kind of have that fun attitude about horror because you have to know that, as I said, you're going to be sitting in a, in a convention center somewhere and somebody's going to come up and say, so in the scene at the dinner table, do you think your character was thinking you're going to be like, what? that was like 10 jobs ago? Because they people watch these films again and again, and they ruminate on them. And probably a lot of the reviews that you've read um, are by writers for horror publications that are also fans of the genre. So they know what fans want when they write the reviews. They know the fans want to go deep and pick things apart I... and investigate all the possibilities. I have been in movies, I've been in TV shows, I've had different jobs in my life since I've been quite young. Sure. But every time you have a new part of your life and a new experience, so I really do feel like this is a unique, surprising set of experiences I'm having from making the movie the way that it was made with great creativity, yeah. improvisation, and collaboration yep. to, to going to the premiere to seeing what the movie is, to understanding what the movie is. I mean, literally understanding what it is and how it was made and myself being educated on the depth of these things. Myself, you know, not just like, oh, you know, this is for people reading a review, but the actor, me, myself, getting objectivity and distance and understanding what it is I'm really looking at. It's, and yeah. what it came to be and how the collaboration, you know, is different than the uh, single experience, as people will often say, you know, you make a movie, but then it, when everything comes together, it's a completely different thing than it started. It's not what it started out to be. It's completely different. Right. All of the people yeah. that are editing it, lighting it, cutting it, shooting it, it's different, and, and it's going to be something maybe even unrecognizable to what you think you started at. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of the beauty of it, right? I mean, that's, we love theater because it's not that, but we that's love right. film because it is that. Um, yep. We love theater because we know, what, we know when we start rehearsing what we're going to get at the end. I mean, not everything because of creative choices, but we know what the storyline is going to be. But with a film, it's like you shoot 20 films. And then that's why film is an editor and director's medium, right? You shoot 20 so films true. and then somebody decides what the end project's going to be. And then sometimes releases something later and shows you alternate endings or releases a director's cut where you get 20 extra minutes of footage and more perspective. I mean, it, it just keeps growing in a million ways, right? I think when he t- sends out whatever additional material he chooses to, I think that's going to be a really... Uh, another next level kind of thing because I really think it would have been a different movie with different with 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 added information and with different yeah. uh, approaches yes yes yeah and fans will think that too and fans will rewrite their own fiction about it right they'll try to wow. they'll write stories and fill the blanks in um, with things they think should have been there I mean it's, it's really just fascinating how um, we now know because of the internet the love that fans have for films and for television and the way that they take part in um, their own creativity surrounding it, right? It's It's just just wonderful. And to think of, you know, all the situations, you know, I did the audition on Zoom, you know, with the director it's just so, it just, so many facets of the time that we were going through and the things that were happening that made all the little pieces the way that made them. Yeah, yes, absolutely. The, from the yeah, audition, I, I think that, yeah. you know, from getting the script without the name of the movie on it. So I had no idea it was even, I, I really did not know it was a horror film. I think that's great. I think it's I think it's great. Is that common now that when you audition for things you don't know what it is? Yep. Wow. I imagine the star 
you know, the highest level person. Sure. But if you're right, a, they're coming in as a second supporting, multi-scene yeah. supporting actor, I think it would be common yeah. for them. And, I, and when I was cast, they repeatedly said, please do not tell anyone you're in the movie because your character is particularly sensitive because yeah. it's very, uh, you know, it's a very special, surprising, new uh, spoiler, so you can't tell anyone. Yes. So I never told yeah. anyone, and I wasn't on IMDb and nothing. Wow. When it was really premiering, no IMDb either. Nothing. Uh huh. That is nothing. then everything went up, but until then, wow. I said to the guy who wow. was the executive at Blumhouse, "When can I tell anyone I'm in the movie?" And he said, "After it opens, you can." And Isn't he said, "You can do anything you want after fantastic. it opens." But, but it was really weird, you know. Right? Yep. Well, yeah, but that's that's the but that's the anticipation they want people to just it be a blank canvas until the film premieres and they see it. But people have very strong it's, opinions and emotions about what they wanted the story to be because they've been yeah. living with this story for decades and how they wanted it to end up. So you can't really please everybody um, when you're this revolutionary. I mean, David Gordon Green decided to do something that was his vision that he yeah. thought it made it deeper and more interesting and, I guess, more unexpected. Is this his first time working on a Halloween film? No. Was he new to the... He did the one before, Halloween Kills. Oh, God, that one's brilliant, too. Yeah. With, Ju- with Judy Greer, I think her name is, is the daughter who gets killed. The daughter, right. Well, but and then, right, the daughter, how how, um, how Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Lori, right, how she treats her own daughter. That's, That's a whole what other I think thing. That. And then to come in and see yep. how you treat your son, it's, it's a whole different, um, two different levels of overprotectiveness, you know? They, they said in one um, of the reviews, two toxic mothers. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. I think just to have them keep comparing you to her character and comparing you to Piper, Laurie, and Carrie, I, the readers just need to keep coming out with those comparisons, my friends, because that's terrific. I love just your terrific. saying that. Now, how do you feel? Oh, it's so so true. How do you feel about that genre? Like, if tomorrow somebody said, hey, I'm a director and this is my film and I loved you in Halloween Ends and I'm doing it, would you do it? Yep. Because I now have an appreciation and understanding of how deep it can go, how interesting it can be, how much acting goes into it. You know, um, uh, the gal who stars in Handmaid's Tale who did that movie Invisible, or Nicole Kidman, I think the name of the place that I'm trying to think of, A Quiet a quiet something, and and then the oh, you, the Emily Blunt's movie you, with her yep. husband. Like, there's a lot of possibilities right, that's the in this place. genre. Yes, Nicole Kidman was the others. That's right. The one where they lived in the house. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, I mean everybody's done horror genre now, right? I mean it's it's everybody. I mean pretty much everybody. Every big and it can be done in so many interesting ways. Done. Yeah. And there's so much to the genre, like everything we cover on this show, right? There's there's a human horror like like Michael Myers. There's although he is certainly, if you've watched all those films, a little supernatural too. There's you know yep. ghosts and there's you know, extraterrestrials and there's monsters and there's there's so many different things, some interdimensionals or something that's almost like the Matrix, where reality is not reality. Like there's so many different. Things. And I think that it's interesting because, you know, at the, at the turn of the 20th century, when the spiritualist movement became so big, it, a lot of it was because the Industrial Revolution took people out of their comfort zone. So they wanted to know well, what's going on beyond the earth. And then when the 21st century hit and the technological age was taking everything over, I think people felt that it, it kind of 
um, awakened in people that thing again of well what, what why are we here and what is this all about and, and if you can if you can send a message through the through energy to the internet then what else could be going on that we don't know about and it kind of sparked that again in the last wow. twenty some years everything has be so many things have become about I mean if you if you open up your uh, a Roku or a- Amazon Fire Stick and you search for horror or science fiction or I mean it just never stops. And um it I think it's wonderful. It's really kind of we need to always be asking those questions. It's really an honor a real honor to be part of something so epic. And it's really an education from the inside out being an actor in it to learn about it. Yeah. It's right. really yes. kind of cool. Yes. Yeah, I mean not not just a not just the the genre, but that particular legacy of films, right? That are every one of them is so loved, especially it, the ones that Jamie Lee was in. Well, she was a doll. She was an absolute doll. Yeah. She was very authentic. You felt her for real as she was doing it. You felt like you know, yeah. wow, this is really happening. And I think she made everybody better that she acted with because, you know, everybody, I mean, these actors are excellent, but everybody really got, you know, excited to work with her, thrilled to work with her. And yeah. they all got, yeah. you know, the authentic commitment she had, the emotion she had. Yeah. It, was, it was absolutely. I remember that, that but when she came in, she talked before we did our scene. And she spoke about a beautiful poem that was very deep. And now looking back, I understand how that poem and that day must have felt to her, knowing that it was the end of a huge, epic journey from her youth to this point in her life. Yeah. Yeah, right. And and a a beautiful actor's tale of someone who, you know, even though from a Hollywood family, was basically a teenager – and did something right. that was basically a student film, like a right. student film that had been bumped mm-hmm. up a notch with mm-hmm. an unknown director. And mm-hmm. then for both she and the director to be catapulted into superstardom because of the film. And not only, the, not only that, but also in a brand new genre that people didn't really know much about. Nobody knew well, what that kind of genre. She definitely has an incredible continued you know, very expressive gratitude. She's definitely moved deeply and says it all the time. Uh, A love for the cast, a love for the crew, a love for the people she's working with, a love for the story, like a gratitude. She, She would say over and over again how she felt this gave her her career. You know, it's very... Yeah, it did. And then that girl, Kyle, who is on... um, uh, the housewife oh, yes. show, yes. Kyle you know, yes, the yes. child she, actor. She was uh-huh. saying how she's known her for forty years. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I love that they brought her back in the last few films. I love that. It's kind of cool. But yeah, it is, and people want really see interesting, faces, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. But what's really wild to me is that. That boy who plays my son is really, yeah. He's he's really, I mean, it's it's kind of her story and his story now. I mean, that's what yeah. happened. Uh-huh. It, it was yeah. it was kind of epic, and he was never introduced 100%. before. Yeah, and well, and he so, again, you know, right, is going to have a a beautiful career. He's gonna. His phone's gonna be ringing, and he's gonna have a beautiful career. His um. So, so his what's his show that he's on? Uh-huh. Is the Hardy Boys. So that's oh, quite okay. different. All right. So, so that's yeah, like that's probably very popular too. Yeah. It's a Canadian show, I think. Yeah, I think it's well, it's mystery, right? Like the books. The Hardy Boys yes. books. So it's like yes. a, a mystery every week. Uh huh. But I think it's, it's a sort good of like a kind of vibe. Yes. Like a nice yeah, exactly. boy, sure. like Nancy Drew, only boy good, style. 
That's exactly right. Yes, they're good boys. Uh huh. They're the heroes. Mhm. Yep. Yeah. And I also think it's for uh, it's for I don't know which network it's for, but I believe it's also very um, for all ages. I think it's yeah to appeal to. I think that is true. I think that is and true. Tweens and kids yep. and it's it's nothing that's yep. too graphic because sometimes TV now can be really intense. But I, I don't oh, think yeah. it is. I think it's it's fam it's family friendly. So well, this, this, would, big, this movie this would scare people. In the movie theater, <laughs> people were screaming. I bet. No, I bet. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I was a kid. I want. We were living in Baltimore at the time, and I don't know what I was seeing. Bad News Bears or something. We came out of the multiplex theater, and Friday the Thirteenth was playing across the way, and people oh, wow. were literally coming out of the theater, throwing up and crying like running wow. to the bathroom because it was wow. the most horrifying thing ever. Now you watch a Friday the 13th movie and you go, oh, my God, this is campy. But people change, right? Media affects us and influences us. So when You're people such a had brainiac. seen something like that before. I'm, you're I'm sorry. You're such a special <laughs> person. You have such a great heart and you have Thank such you. a deep thinking mind. Thank you. And you're such a giver. You have so much beauty. It's unbelievable. Thank you, sweetheart. I appreciate You've that. always been it's like nice that. nice to spend time with you. Thank you. You've always so been nice like this. You've always you. been a, a really special person, a very unique and Thank special and, and rare kind of person. You Thank are. you. Thank you, sweetie. I appreciate that. I was thrilled when I found out that was you because I was like, oh, I'm going to get her on the show. And then out of the blue, your publicist contacted me. I love it. I didn't it. even have to contact you. So it I worked out it. perfectly. So tell me, tell me what did Jamie Lee Curtis do when she realized it was you on the red carpet and not well, an interloper? Well, she didn't realize it because she didn't really recognize me in the flurry of her responsibilities of doing press. So she kind of sort of side-looked at me, and then she moved on. But at the event... I was standing on the side, and she was standing taking pictures, and she then said, excuse me to those people, and walked right over to me with a tremendous amount of generosity and love and said, did you like it? Are you happy? In oh, the most generous and oh. kind way. Yep. Isn't that beautiful? She said, That's a beautiful yep, story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's a beautiful person, and she's very generous, and she's really very kind to people. And, and she's, you know, the kind of actor that wants you to do your best, too. Right. Yes. Isn't that wonderful? You know, my um, my best friend, her son is a historic reenactor. So he does everything, Revolutionary War, Civil War. And he oh, um, consults on consults on film. So he consulted on an episode of Family Tree, which was a series that Jamie Lee's husband, Christopher Guest, produced. And they did it here in Huntington Beach, where I grew up, because that's the park where they do their Civil War reenactment. And... Um, my best friend is a caterer, so she came down and catered the event, and Jamie Lee was there for the day. And uh, honestly, Kelly says the most lovely person. Like, she took pictures with everybody. She was so gracious, so kind of just happy to be there on the set with everybody. She wasn't even in the project. She was just there so hanging cool. out with her husband and her friends that were in it. I love stories like that because we grew up with all these stories of divas and, you know, angry starlets and it's, I think we need to more share the stories of people who are lovely and spread those, those stories because sometimes the, the squeaky wheel gets all the grease and it, it shouldn't be that way, right? The, the good people, the kind I, people should get all the attention. It, it's kind of like it's so easy to hold on to your negative review but not your positive. It's so easy yes. to fall, for people to fall into their frustrations or their sadness. Yes. It's difficult for people to hold on to their blessings you know, you almost have to remind yourself on a daily basis, uh, you know, life isn't promised. This is a, another day that I get to be who I am, whether you have a job or you don't have a job, whether you book a job or don't. Whatever happens, you, you have this moment on earth. And most people forget that, including myself, until some tragedy occurs and you just say, oh, I'll be grateful if I just don't get sick or this or that. But, yes, if yeah. we could remember the good people, Rather than get a, get all the TMZ stories on the bad people, it would be great. Yes, I agree. I agree. You are wonderful, my friend. Let's do this again. I want to hear Absolutely. when you go to your first convention about everything that happens. Um, okay. Where can people find you online? Where where can people find you online, my friend? Where's the best place? Well, you know, I don't know if it makes 
you know, I'm on Instagram under my name, Joanne Barron, Good. and you'll see a picture of me Good. from the premiere, the pretty face, not the crazy mother face, but the pretty face. Nice. And I'm on Facebook under Joanne Barron. I'm on Twitter under Joanne Barron, so they can find me easily, and it'll say right off the bat, Halloween ends next to my name, so they'll know they have the right Joanne Barron. It's fantastic. That's fantastic. And I want you to text me when the fan letters start coming in because I'm so excited I will, to hear what and, they're about. And you are such a ray of light and love that I need to take you Thank to you, breakfast, lunch, or dinner because what you Let's spread is goodness. Yep, you spread goodness on this that, planet. Friend. And you, we we'll need more of you. You've got my number. Okay. Thank okay, you, baby. sweetie. I'm, Much love I'm doing you. my best. God bless you. Everybody, the, the, the most wonderful Joanne Barron, what a joy to have her here on the show and uh, to have her, to get to share this big, exciting film that she's a part of. Always such a joy and always wonderful to be here with people I love. That's the fun of the show, I believe, in general. I'm at uh, SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. That's my entertainment world and my spiritual world come together. SheenaMetalSpiritual.com and everywhere on social media just at SheenaMetal. Until I see you next week on Haunted Playground right here on the Live Paranormal Radio Network and iHeartRadio.com. Seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, always work to raise your vibration, and remember that you are love and you are loved. And I love you and I'll see you next time. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.